Well, good morning. Thank you so much for being present in a technological way to study the Bible together and to worship our God together, as I'm sure you are doing not only on the Lord's Day, but throughout the week as you're praying and studying and doing all the things that we as Christians not only are told to do, but we enjoy to do. Job is a man of great character. And one of the things that is attributed to him is the statement, man who is born of woman is of a few days and full of trouble, from Job 14, verse 1. The fact of the matter is, is there are so many people in the world, those that we care about, those that we don't even know, who are going through so many difficulties right now. They are experiencing financial difficulties. They are concerned about family matters. And some are very concerned with the coronavirus that has now pushed us to a place where we are unable to meet together on the Lord's Day like we would otherwise wish to do. But we must not allow the many troubles that happen in our lives to get us down. And what happens sometimes is we ask this particular question, what in the world am I to do? I don't know how to approach my financial problems. I don't know how to solve my family issues. And I don't know what the answer is to a worldwide pandemic. But these are all things that we as Christians take in stride because we have faith in God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. I've said many times that everybody should have a favorite book of the Bible or a favorite series of passages. Mine is the book of Philippians. And I love the book of Philippians because it is a book that is upbeat. It is positive. It is charged with all kinds of good advice for individuals who were living 2,000 years ago and were filled with many troubles. And it also has great advice for those of us who are facing 21st century problems today. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Philippians chapter 1. And we're going to read there about 13 verses, 14 verses together. invite you to open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1. And I want to begin reading in verse 12. And I want us to read through the majority of the chapter. And then what I want us to do is to address four things that we can do that can better enable us to face the challenges that you're facing and then use this as a way to remain steadfast in trying to encourage others to do the same. He says in verse 12, I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some, indeed, verse 15, preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my chains. But the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and in this I rejoice, yes, and will rejoice. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation 
and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith, so that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. It's a lengthy passage, and I appreciate your patience in reading that. And I know we read through it rather quickly. Certainly, this week, if you're looking for something to study further, I might invite you to go back and reread the first chapter of Philippians in its entirety. But when you are facing troubles and dealing with challenges and uncertainties that are ever present in your life, what in the world are you to do? Let me suggest four things. Let me start off with number one. Try practicing patience. And patience is one of those things that we want, and we want it right now. But that's not the way it works. Someone recently said, you know, I asked God for patience, and then I came to regret asking him for it because he taught me the lesson a hard way. Of course, understanding that that's what God wanted the person to appreciate was the lessons derived from patience itself. Patience, I would argue, will never be natural, but it will always be necessary. Notice, if you would, verses 12 and 13, where particularly in verse 13, he says, It has become evident to everyone guarding me, in verse 13, and to all the rest that my chains or that my bonds are in Christ Jesus. Patience was the very thing that allowed Paul to more fully realize his opportunities. Go at it from a different perspective. If Paul did not have patience, Paul would not have been successful. Not only in writing a letter of great encouragement like the book of Philippians, but he would have failed in his mission to be the kind of Christian that God asked him to be. The fact of the matter is, is when you look at biblical to-do lists or different catalogs of qualities that are necessary for a Christian to have, usually it highlights patience. The servant of the Lord must be patient. First Timothy chapter 6. And you recall in Second Peter chapter 1 verses 5, 6, and 7, where Peter says that we are to add to our knowledge virtue. And then he goes on and he lists a series of things that we are to add to our faith, including not only virtue, but perseverance or patience. Many who are watching today are what we would be called seasoned Christians, individuals who have been around in service for a long time. And you've been dedicated to the cause of Christ for a number of years. You and I together should work to emulate Paul by reminding younger Christians to be patient. Sometimes you don't know what to do. The first thing to do is just to be patient. Wait on God. Go back and read in the Psalms and read how 
frequently. David or the other writers of those 150 sacred songs would say, wait patiently on the Lord or wait on the Lord because we have to be patient in waiting for God to work in his time. Secondly, in addition to being patient, might I suggest that you try being positive. You know, in a world today that is filled with so much negativity, that even in the world that we live in March of 2020, there's a lot of negativity going around. And there are a lot of people that all they do is bring you down and discourage you. But even in the midst of despair, we can do an awful lot by remaining positive. Now, it may be that you're not going to the store as much as you used to go. It may be that you're not going out to eat and getting takeout, which is the only thing that's available around. But when you do take the opportunity and you do finally run out and you've got to go to the store or you've got to go to Walmart or you've got to go to some place to pick up something quick to eat because you couldn't cook supper, use that as an opportunity to be positive. Others around you are going to be, oh, this coronavirus, it's so depressing. And yes, it's not that we are excited about it. But we can look at it as a child of God and say, but you know what? I have hope. This virus reminds me that I am glad that this world is not my home and I'm just a passing through. And the financial troubles that my friends are going through or the family struggles that are uh, going on in people's lives that I care about. This is just temporary. I'm going to remain positive. Go back to Philippians chapter 1, and if you want to scan through verses 13 through 18, what you notice is, at the very heart, a pitiful situation that Paul had on his hands. He says, I am dealing with people who are preaching from selfish ambition, supposing to add affliction to my chains. Paul says, there are individuals who are preaching, and they're doing so to tear me down. They're doing so from selfish motives, knowing full well that that could otherwise discourage me. He says, but I'm not going to allow that to discourage me. And I am going to take this pitiful situation and turn it into a positive opportunity. In fact, one of the reasons that I like the book of Philippians so much and that I would encourage you to study it further this week is because the entire book is a testimony to the power of positive living. The most quoted verse in all of the book is chapter 4, verse 13, posted on some of your walls, memorized by many who are watching today. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It doesn't say I might be able to do some of the things through Christ, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You and I need to be men and women of faith who consider the results of our outlook on life, which is why in the book of Philippians, on so many different occasions, Paul continues to say, rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Philippians 4 and verse 4 is a favorite. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say, rejoice. Remember, 
that Paul is writing from a place where he is facing his own problems. And he is patient and he is positive in writing from prison. It's a lot of P's this morning, right? But the fact of the matter is, in writing from prison, Paul faced problems, but yet was patient and was positive. Thirdly, no sermon on dealing with problems that we face would be complete unless we talked about the importance of being prayerful. It is our lifeline to God. It is our opportunity to commune with him in private or public conversation. On the Lord's Day, when we come together on occasions like this, we come together and we pray. When we have home Bible studies, we pray. When you engage with your family in personal Bible studies, you pray. Prayer is central to who we are and what we are doing as brothers and sisters in Christ and being the saints that God has called us to be. The fact is, is no Christian ever succeeds unless he values prayer. There's no such thing as a Christian that gets to the day of judgment and says, I made it and prayer wasn't important. It'll never happen. Nor will there ever be a Christian who's been in service for maybe three or four or five decades. And near the end of his life, when asked, what is it that mattered to you most about being a Christian? Says, well, I can tell you what did and what didn't matter. And what didn't matter was prayer. Because prayer is elementary to who we are as God's people. Communication in any relationship is key. That's why sometimes we struggle in our interpersonal relationships with one another because our communication isn't where it needs to be. And it ought to be this said that as brothers and sisters in Christ, we commune with one another by praying together, but also praying individually because no Christian ever succeeds unless he values prayer. In difficult times, we must pray for each other. He says, I know that this is going to turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. Philippians 1 verse 19. One of the points that I think that we need to continue to be reminded of is the importance of praying for one another and then communicating to one another that we are praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We are sometimes reluctant to share with a brother or a sister that we prayed for them because it might sound as if we're coming off as look at me how important I am. I've been praying for you. But Paul's example is one of praying and then communicating to the person for whom he prayed, hey, I prayed for you. I wanted you to be aware of that fact. Prayer is Paul's alternative to anxiousness or worry, and it should be ours as well. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. And then there's a comma where it says, with thanksgiving, comma, let your requests be made known to God. We must always be thankful when we are engaged in prayer because that is important that we are thankful to God in everything. Even in the midst of financial challenges, family struggles, or the coronavirus itself, the fact is, is we are to be thankful to God. We need to be prayerful to God, but we also need to be thankful to God. 
And when we experience challenges in life, one of the great things that we can do is thank our God for the challenges that come our way, for the things that test us. One of the things that we've talked about as Christians over the last couple of weeks, whether it be on Facebook or in private chats or in conversations on the phone or in person, is that one of the things that this virus is proving to all of us is that we need each other. We desire the company of each other. And when we are absent from one another like we are even this morning, and we're not able to be with our spiritual family in the way that we would like to be, it breaks our hearts. That's a good sign. I mentioned last Sunday that if the day felt normal to you, something's wrong with your outlook. If today feels completely normal to you on the Lord's day in that you're not being able to spend time with your brethren in the typical way that we enjoy and that God has blessed us with, then something is wrong with your outlook. But the fact is, is I'm confident that I'm speaking to you and you understand that, boy, I cannot wait for this virus thing to finish. Not just so that people are safer in the future, though that's important, but because I miss my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I look forward to being with them as soon as possible. Be praying about that. And let me say one more thing on the subject of prayerfulness, and that is deliverance comes through prayer And our praying is not in vain. I want to very briefly turn over from Philippians chapter 1 to the book of James. And I want to read just a couple of verses in James chapter 5, beginning in verse 15. Typically, we read verses 13 and 14 where it talks about prayer and singing psalms and calling for the elders of the church. But I want us to pick up in verse 15 and read through 18. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And then he prayed again. And the heaven gave forth rain, and the earth produced its fruit. That's deliverance that comes from God as a result of prayer. We believe, and I know I'm speaking to individuals who already appreciate this truth, but we believe that prayer is not only essential, but we believe that prayer is powerful. Consequently, during times of distress, whether it be a worldwide epidemic or pandemic like the coronavirus, or whether it be your own personal times of turmoil and trial, be prayerful to God. And fourthly, and finally, try being productive. Because one of the worst things that a person can do when he or she is in despair is to do nothing. The ironic thing about this is, When you are in a place of despair or depression, the last thing you want to do is to get up and to be active. And so it becomes this self-defeating cycle. I'm sad, depressed, blue, 
or in despair. Pick whatever term you want to use. So I will do nothing. And I'll just stay in bed. Figuratively or literally. And the more you stay in bed, the more despair you understand. And it just keeps cycling around and around and around in a vicious circle. Paul used difficult times to fuel his productivity and his labor. We won't go back and reread Philippians chapter 1, verses 21 through 26. But this is where he says, I want to go home to my father and to my savior. But I also know that I want to stay here with you because it is needful for you to have the care that I provide. He says, no matter what happens to me, I'm going to remain productive in service to my Lord. God wants us to look out for others. And by the way, that's not just so that others benefit. Take the time this week to read Galatians chapter 6 and read the first 10 verses particularly. And when you do, you'll read passages like bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Each of you bear your own burdens. And you'll also read where it says do good unto all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. And you'll also find a fourth thing that he says there of particular interest where he says do not grow weary in well-doing for we shall reap if we do not lose heart. That's all great advice that comes from Paul. But the reason that God has told us to be productive in taking care of others is not just so that others benefit, it's so that we benefit. Have you ever gone to a nursing home and you're going for the purpose of encouraging the person who is shut in? And as you're walking back out to the car, you realize you feel a little better. You feel a little more positive. And that's because you were productive. And that's because of the fact that you did what God designed you to do. We are men and women who are supposed to be working because going back to verse 22 of Philippians chapter 1, he says, this will mean fruit from my labor. There is fruit to the labor that you and I engage in on a daily basis, a weekly basis, and throughout every month in which we are privileged to serve our Savior, Jesus Christ. The fact is, is you will have to, in order to endure this current trial, be patient. Be patient with God, be patient with others, and be patient with yourself. In order to make it through whatever difficulty you are facing this morning, you will have to be positive. Because the world has enough negative people. The fact is, is you need to be a man or a woman of prayer. Not just once or twice, but continually to borrow from Paul's letter to the church at Thessalonica to pray without ceasing. And finally, you must be productive. What in the world am I to do? Try doing those four things. Be patient and positive, prayerful and productive. Those things will not make the coronavirus Go away like that. Those things will not erase your financial troubles or make your family problems disappear. But they will make it more palatable. There's your final P for the morning. Those things will make it more doable. It'll make it easier to manage. 
The fact is, is we are Christians, which means we share a relationship with each other. And we share a relationship with our Heavenly Father and the Savior Jesus Christ. And for that, we are thankful. But we also realize that that will allow us to remain more confident going forward. And let us be separated from the world because of that confidence. Knowing that rather than being in despair, not knowing what to do, we can be patient, positive, prayerful, and productive. If we can help you to engage in those activities. If you're watching this morning and you're struggling, just because we are not together doesn't mean that we can't be praying for one another. If you have particular prayer requests, let those be made known. And we'll do what we can to share that message with others electronically. We are happy to do so. If you're watching this morning and you're not a Christian and you're not a child of God, there's no reason why you should allow this virus and being shut in to keep you from being baptized. We'll baptize you yet today or this week or whenever you are ready. Because based on your repentance of your sins and confession of faith in Jesus Christ, that will allow you to become a child of God and to have this wonderful God that we serve on your side. Thanks so much for being with us this morning here at the Northfield Boulevard Church of Christ. Thank you for tuning in and listening.